Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and it is always a pleasure to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. Today, we have an amazing cast of Cisco champions and a Cisco Meraki expert to help us dive into the wonderful world of the hybrid work experience and discuss, in particular, how we can help enable smarter workspaces with greater flexibility to scale up or scale down. Ultimately, we will talk about connecting people, workplaces, and devices to accelerate productivity, safety, and innovation. All right, let's get to know our amazing cast. Lee, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us more about yourself and your role here at Cisco? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Lee Peterson. I'm the Director of Product Management for Service Provider and Small Business at Meraki. All right. Dan, you're up next. Who are you? What do you do? (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Sheldon. I'm a Principal Systems Engineer here with Worldwide Technology, uh, focused on mostly the largest enterprise accounts in the world. Nice. DJ, it's always a pleasure to have you. Tell us about yourself. Thank you. Nice being back. Uh, my name is Gert-Jan de Boer. Since my name is unpronounceable for non-Dutch, I go by GJ in short. And I'm a CTO for a Dutch value-added reseller. Great. All right, Lee. Before we dive into our discussion, can you give us some background on Cisco Meraki? Yeah, so Meraki's been part of Cisco for 10 years now. It was a, an acquisition that, that became part of the, the Cisco family a, a decade ago. Uh, what we do is, is all about the cloud and the simplicity that we drive through the cloud. So we're the largest cloud networking platform in the world. We have over 600,000 customers, over 10 million devices under management. Uh, every day, 130 million end user devices connect to the internet using Meraki hardware, using the Meraki service to, to get online. Uh, one of the more impressive stats that we look at as we look at our platform and its growth is that we now have over 2 billion API calls a, a month. You know, 2 billion times that somebody is making an API call to interact with the Meraki platform to either extract data to do something with it or to configure something on the Meraki platform uh, is something that our, our partners and our customers have really adopted very heavily. So overall, you know, as we, we think about uh, our position in the market and what we do, uh, there's three things our customers care about that we hear from them. It's they want to manage costs. They want to get more efficient at how they do that. Uh, we enable that by enabling lean IT teams. The nature of being a cloud-managed platform means that we're able to be much more efficient in terms of the resources you need to bring to bear from an IT perspective to manage what Meraki does. Uh, the second thing is to adapt to uncertainty. So, of course, you know this is even more heightened after the last 18 months that we've had uh, this uncertain future. We need to be able to be adaptable, be able to adjust what we do, be able to uh, you know, change as the conditions change and be able to meet our employees and our customers' needs. And then finally, security. Uh, security is, is obviously a hot topic at the moment. Uh, all these things we're doing uh, in terms of enabling hybrid work environments, in terms of enabling remote work environments, we want to make sure that we do that in a way where security isn't compromised. You're not compromising your data. You're not compromising the quality of your network. Uh, that's front of mind for, for the, the customers that we talk to. So really, if we think about you know the the greatest example of all those things, that adaptability, that that need to stay secure. I like to talk about our healthcare customers and the things they've had to do over the, the past year and a half. Uh, can you imagine being an IT director and showing up to work one day and being told by your boss, you've got to go set up an entire network out in that parking lot you know, because we need to set up a COVID uh, screening clinic. Uh, so the ability to take Meraki and the, the benefits of what we have as a cloud managed service is that with the hardware, as long as it can connect to the internet, it can obtain any of the configurations and be able to be up and online and, and, and running in a way that it's secure 
and that it's operating very quickly, not having to do a lot of local configuration or anything like that. Um, so, you know, imagine that environment where you need to have Wi-Fi, right? Because you need to have the ability to connect client devices that you're using for administering whatever it is you're doing in that location. Uh, you need some network switching because you're going to have devices you need to physically plug in. You need some sort of WAN connectivity. So you need a router, right? The, the SD-WAN platform is going to provide the security. We're able to now bring to bear wireless WAN, right? So the ability to put something in there that can actually be the main connection for you back into the network uh, over, over a, an LTE network. Uh, so even if you can't get physical uh, circuit out to that location, you can use the wireless WAN device. It can be the primary. It can be the backup if you do get a connectivity in there. Uh, so just that core networking stack, it's an enormous amount you can do with that. Then on top of that, some of our, our newer developments, are a product called Insight, which is all about monitoring WAN performance. So it's one thing to be able to set up and have your network running. It's entirely different to know what's the quality of experience for people using that network. So we're able to look at applications, how they perform over time, alert when there's a degradation in something outside of the network. So if, for example, you're using Office 365 and its performance is bad, when your customers uh, call or your employees call in, you're able to look at Meraki Insight and tell that it's not a problem in your network, it's a problem outside of the network. Uh, then you know, back to the healthcare uh, case, imagine you've got iPads, you've got things like that. We have a product called Systems Managers for securing them, making sure that they don't get the wrong applications loaded, making sure they stay secure and keeping them able, because especially with healthcare, you know, requirements around privacy of data that you can wipe those devices remotely if they, they do happen to go missing. Uh, but I'd say one of the big investments we're making and where we're seeing a lot of excitement from our customers is around cameras and IoT and the interplay of those two things. So having cloud-connected smart cameras, having IoT sensors that can detect things that are happening in the environment, you know, it's really exciting to see us evolve and be able to bridge that digital world with the physical world through those sensor platforms using cameras and, and IoT sensors as well. Uh, final thing before we, we turn it over for, for some questions is uh, I, I think that the way that we evolved about how we approach things and how we think about things is it's all about what experiences can the Meraki platform enable. Uh, so smart spaces is obviously something that, 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 again, I mentioned the cameras and the IoT sensors, that digital and physical being able to do things in physical retail spaces, hospitality spaces, detecting how many people are in there, detecting where they're going, detecting where they're congregating. You know, being able to understand what's happening in the physical environment is something we're seeing a lot of demand for. Uh, the safety of those environments is obviously something that's that's now more important than ever. Uh, so the ability to look at is there PPE requirements? You know, is, are they being met? Are there occupancy requirements for a space? Am I allowing you know a certain number of people in and tracking and looking at you know how many people are in a physical location? Are they maintaining social distancing? Uh, hybrid workforce is is obviously front of mind because we all accept that the workplace is not going to be like it was 18 months, two years ago. There's going to be an element of needing to manage people that are wanting to be in multiple locations. And then further to that, we're going to have a remote workforce. We're going to have people that are never going to come into the office. So uh, being able to do that in a way that's safe and secure for them and, and, and enables them uh, with us able to still maintain that idea of the single pane of glass monitoring, that lean IT experience that we enable is, is really important for us. So I don't know if that was my, maybe a good point to hand over to. We've got these two great Cisco champions here with us. Love to get some feedback on what you're seeing in the market, what you're hearing from your customers. Uh, yeah, let's throw it over to, to Dan and GJ to, to give some of their insight. Yeah, so over the last one and a half years, uh, a lot have changed, obviously. So uh, how has that influenced uh, the way Meraki is looking at products? Yeah, so I think that's, that's absolutely where we look at uh, things like the IoT pl platform. So I think you take a few things in combination there. So let's let's look at the fact that we have cameras, cloud-connected cameras, super easy to deploy, 
much easier to deploy than traditional uh, video surveillance systems. Let's take the fact that we now have physical sensors. We can detect things like doors opening and closing. We now have cold storage sensors, the ability to detect the temperature, which becomes important for looking at things like, again, back to that healthcare case, because it's one of the most extreme examples, uh, safety and security of vaccines. Uh, so being able to combine all those things uh, and then layering the APIs on top of it. A lot of the creativity we've seen with taking these building blocks and being able to operate them in a full stack network like we do has come from the partner community, from the ecosystem community. So you can go and look at the, the Meraki marketplace. We have a large number of partners out there that are building solutions layered on top of Meraki for specific use cases. No one thought two years ago that wouldn't it be neat to have a ability to detect whether somebody's wearing PPE. Right. So necessity being the mother of invention, we have these great partners out there that are off building these solutions using the Meraki platform, using the raw building blocks we give them by interacting through the through the API. And we're seeing that a lot, um, even within. So WWT has a advanced technology center, which is you know 400 plus racks of gear that we use for testing, you know, uh, design validation, proof of concepts, all of those kind of things. So we have a number of the MV series, like the smart cameras. And uh, we've built labs around, um, you know, exactly what you're talking about, set up in a restaurant and confirming that there's not overcapacity during, you know, COVID restrictions or in the uh, industrial manufacturing space, we'll have cameras set up where, um, you know, namely for a, a you know, significant or violent machine, no one should be within a certain radius of it while it's operating. So it'll send out, you know, custom alerts with people in different zones of the, the camera's um, feed itself. So there's a lot of, like you said, Lee, um, you guys are building really nice uh, building blocks and then taking those and running with them, coming up with, you know, unique use cases that our customers require is something that we take a lot of pride in um, and just coming up with, you know, unique use cases. Yeah. And really that's, that's the, the beauty of the, the partners that we have, right? The ability to take something that, that does, has a lot of out of the box functionality, let's be clear, but to achieve that specific aim, that specific goal, that specific outcome that use case that that customer is driving for the APIs really enable that and so I think that's been the big change for us is that when we stop thinking of ourselves as a vertically integrated solution and start thinking of ourselves as a platform it opens up an infinite number of directions we can go with the product and it, it does the, the fact that people are building businesses based on building solutions on top of Meraki is really gratifying for us. Agreed. Um, so one of the things that's kind of near and dear or top of mind uh, for me right now is the working from home solution. So uh, for the vast majority of my clients, they went from operating huge campuses across the world full of full of users on, you know, kind of uh, enterprise grade technology to suddenly having tens of thousands of users now, you know, their, their home is their office. Um, so that transition has been incredibly difficult, both for the customers and, and some of the tech providers as well. Um, but we're seeing really great strides, especially with uh, Meraki deployments, um, namely, uh, utilizing kind of the single pane of glass management that Insights allows us. So is that something that you guys are seeing across the board or, um, you know, what's your take on how Insights is being used? Yeah, look, and I love the fact that each of us are doing this from our own homes right now, right? We're not in physical <laughs> offices to, to do these presentations. And that that's the proof point. And I, I do think that, you know, obviously Meraki, you know, being very integrated in with, with all things uh, Cisco as well, we're able to make this transition in a way that I don't think any of us anticipated in terms of, of how quickly we could make the transition. And what's really surprised me is just how the productivity in terms of, I think of uh, the engineering teams I work with, if I think of the supply chain teams, the operations teams, the legal teams, all the teams that we deal with in our day to day, 
their ability to just continue to be productive and continue to do things. And and I think the Meraki platform being the basis of what we operate our own network on, obviously uh, giving us that ability to adapt was, was really important. So I think there's a few different levels of this. And and so let's start with the, the work from anywhere use case, right? The work from the beach, the work from work from a national park, work from the back of your car. I think that's a really important thing, that flexibility, irrespective of what happens with, with the pandemic, irrespective of what happens when we return to offices. There is no version of this where I think that five days in the office is the norm anymore. I think that people are going and employees are going to continue to demand that flexibility. So we can look at uh, our, our SD-WAN platform and the ability to use VPN sessions terminating into that platform. Uh, we are working on launching AnyConnect as part of that as well. So the AnyConnect uh, can be the, the, the VPN overlay to connect into that network. Uh, and what that means is that if I'm sitting in a, a, a Starbucks or I'm sitting in some remote location, I'm able to get my, my uh, computer and open that VPN session and be able to connect into the network and be able to provide the same experience that I would have if I was physically sitting in a location in, in an office. Uh, we can do it in a way that we know that the security is there. We know that we're layering on the right things on top of, uh, on top of that uh, to, to be able to provide that great experience and not compromise the security on, on, uh, in terms of like providing external access. Because at any time a device goes outside of your own network, your own physical building, it represents an attack vector. So you want to be really certain that you're doing it in a secure way. I would say the next level up from that is that if we know we're going to have full-time remote workers, they're not going to return to the office. Their office is going to be their corner of their, their, their bedroom or it's going to be someplace in the house in, in perpetuity. They're not planning on, on uh, ever physically returning. Uh, I think our teleworker gateway is a great solution there. So what the teleworker gateway allows you to do is to have a, essentially a small router with Wi-Fi built into it. And if you want cellular for backup, uh, they're able to use those devices where the, the beauty of the, the cloud, the beauty of the zero touch provisioning we enable is that you could pre-configure in the cloud what you want one of those devices to do when connected, send that to the employee, the employee connects it to their internet and bang, they're online. We've taken care of making sure we've got the right firmware version on it so there's no vulnerabilities, there's no exposure there. We've automatically applied all the, the correct security settings. We've probably even exposed the same SSIDs and the same security on top of them as you would if you were in a physical location, right? With whatever security you want to layer on top of that. And it's established a secure VPN tunnel from that, that teleworker gateway back into your network. So in terms of seamless experiences, that customer's experience will be no worse being in, in the home environment than it would be if they were in the office. And then when we talk about the Insight product, layering that on top, that ability to look at that quality of experience. So if that particular user can't access, I mentioned Office 365, because that's very prevalent, uh, we're able to do the same sort of troubleshooting with Insight in terms of WAN performance as we would if they were in the physical office. And it means instead of you know, trying to work our way up the network stack and establish where the problem is, we can drive straight into the problem. And if the root cause is it's outside our network, that's not something we need to do anything with. Maybe we need to log a ticket. Maybe we need to send a notice to our users proactively telling them that, hey, there's a global you know, outage or a global performance degradation for these applications. It enables a much more proactive way of doing things versus having lots of customers, lots of employees call in and complain about a particular app not working and then having to go through those steps of trying to understand my network or, or their network. Yeah, like Facebook uh, decided to delete BGP, you know, something like that. It's always DNS. Um, it's always DNS. That's what they tell me. <laughs> It, it wasn't DNS. Uh, it was routing. It was routing for a change. But um, I, I'm going to have to take you to task for the working from anywhere uh, comment because uh, I'm, I'm going to see what your 4G connectivity looks like on top of a mountain in, in short order. So I'll, I'll, I'll ping you on the side. Are you planning on taking one of our MG devices with you? Y you tell me. If you got one sitting around, I'll take it with me. 
I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. But I, I did recently did that. I, I went, uh, we took a, a month away um, to go and just, just you know, go get, get away. You know, basically same sort of thing. Not up a mountain or anything aggressive like that. Uh, but when we got to the place we were staying, it was an Airbnb. We assumed that it would have a wired connection. It didn't. It had a little 4G hotspot. So that was great for getting the kids' iPads on. But I'm having to do conference calls. I'm having to meet with customers. I'm having to record things. Uh, so what I did was I, I did get one of our LTE devices. I went down to the local AT&T uh, store and got a SIM, dropped that in there, hung that out the window upstairs, and it worked brilliantly. I was I was so impressed with how easy it was to get that up and running. I had to do zero configuration of that other than just you know plugging into it physically and, and uh, you're getting the SIM card in there. So it, it does represent the power of, of what we can do. Uh, I see a lot of our uh, a lot of our employees, because we, we obviously get access to the devices, install these things as failover. So even when there is an outage, a local outage with your service provider, your your 4G device is, is picking up the slack and connecting and being able to uh, keep you online. So it, it depends on the level of resiliency you need in the house. If that happens to me, it, it, it luckily doesn't happen too often. I haven't invested in putting uh, that infrastructure in place, but I've got one in the basement. If I really needed to quickly pull it out, plug it into my SD-WAN, my MX in the basement and have it connect and be my primary WAN, I could certainly do that very quickly. Yeah, I have one. I have one in my MX, which is running my home network now. Um, so it's uh, it's a phenomenal solution for me, at least. Uh, just somebody that gets weird signal interruptions in your home network because it's commodity internet. So what are you going to do? And especially the zero touch provisioning is something that's uh, really useful in the current situation. Like for example, we have a, a healthcare service as a customer and they uh, they did COVID recovery uh, units within hospitals and we had to roll out uh, their network within these hospitals and you could just chip off a a teleworker gateway and they were on their way. Yeah, the the other um, interesting part of this too is that I don't think one one of the parts of even just I think of our company, you know, the idea of your support people or your salespeople who spend most of the day on the phone, to be fair, being 100% remote. I don't think anyone anticipated that. And I think that's the other beautiful thing about the the uh, the teleworker gateway is having a, a port on there with PoE that you can set up as your, your voice port, right? So you're able to connect a handset to it and be able to operate this, again, the same way as if you were sitting in the office using that infrastructure that you've, you've built up in your own headquarters, uh, being able to do that in people's living rooms and, and people's bedrooms, is, it's quite uh, quite a powerful thing. That's what all our employees are uh, doing. They have this, uh, uh, they have this teleworker gateway at uh, at home. They connect their Cisco phone, and it's just like they're on their own spot in the office. Well, I think one of the things that you you touched on, Tuli, is the fact that you know when you're out there and you had to spin up, um, you know, you had to spin up a new Meraki gateway at the time. Um, the ease of deployment on those, literally, you, you plug it in, and for the most part, with the cloud controllers and cloud configuration, you already have a policy and profile pushed down to your device. So it's it's about as seamless as it can get while also being, uh, you know, the level of insight that you can get to each individual user or device's um, kind of quality of connection, I think is, is really important to, um, you know, maintain that balance between you know, high level uh, repeatability and kind of cookie cutter deployment capabilities mirrored with the granularity of visibility and control that you can you can ultimately have. So being able to do both of those, you know, at, at both sides of the spectrum, both, you know, incredibly high level, incredibly low level, you know, in a couple clicks, I think is really, really good. And um, to me, that is kind of the essence of scalability. So one thing that we work on a lot with WWT is um, really how... Uh, 
how scalable is a solution in the real world? Because I know we've all seen, you know, sales slicks or, or what have you with, we can scale to 100,000 users or we can do, you know, X, Y, Z. Uh, my customers are all pushing those, you know, numbers to see what can you do above and beyond those. So having a solution that can do both very well uh, is, is a really nice tool in my tool belt. So uh, hats off to you on that one. Yeah, look, and I think that's where it gets really interesting if you look at the scale at which some of our customers are now operating. You know, the, the, the idea of deploying a network to thousands of locations across a continent or across the globe, you know, previously that would have been, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to send an IT staff out to every one of those locations. They're going to have to provision the, the equipment on site. There's going to be a, you know, an outage for, 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 for a day you know, whilst we do all that. Uh, that, you know, again, the cloud, the single pane of glass, the power of that is that, that the, the ability to zero touch provision those things on site in situ just removes a lot of that complexity. It, it means that you can do it in a way that you, you can do the math on it as a, as a customer where you go, okay, what would it cost to visit each one of those thousand sites versus postage for sending the equipment out? Even to the point where we can sometimes enable a use case where you've never actually physically touched that equipment, right? That equipment can go straight from our warehouse to the site where you want to deploy it. We do everything by serial number. So once you claim the serial number in your network, it's now part of your network and it's templated out that you say, okay, for a device of this type that's in my network that connects for the first time, provision these settings down to it. And that way you've not, you're not exposing the network. It's not connecting, you know, imagine a Wi-Fi access point connecting with an open SSID that's then providing access to your network, right? We're not running the risk of there's any moment during the provisioning process where that device is presenting a security risk because from the moment it connects, it downloads its configuration and it's got every security policy and everything you want to have on that device to to keep to keep things locked down and to stop uh, you know un unwanted access into your core network. Yeah, so uh, Meraki also uh, integrates with several uh, SaaS solutions, like for example Umbrella, to secure the the end users. So can you tell us uh, tell us something about that? Yeah, look again, I think this is like the amazing. The amazing part of being part of Cisco is the best of breed security technology we get to bring to bear. Uh, Cisco is the biggest security vendor in the world. I don't know if that's that's that well known. Uh, and Umbrella is a great example of that. So, uh, and in fact, before we go there, even today in the products, we have things uh, like, you know, the ability to integrate threat grid, the ability to integrate AMP, you know, these great Cisco security products into the, the basically, you know, cooked in and baked into our SD-WAN product. So that is something that you get with the advanced security license with uh, with those products, the ability to you know, take that best in breed Cisco technology and make it just be part of the Meraki solution. With Umbrella, a lot of the work we've been doing with them is on on how do we you know, allow you to configure, a, say, a security policy in Umbrella and have that security policy come through to the Meraki dashboard. So you sort of configure it once in the Umbrella dashboard and then at the Meraki dashboard, you're able to apply it to whatever level of the network you want. Uh, so I have a security policy defined for what I want my guest networks to do. I want to maybe block some things. I want to make sure that we're doing the right any malware, any phishing protection. I can create that policy in Umbrella. I can then come over to my Meraki dashboard. Again, using the power of APIs. You know, I've got the API key from Umbrella. I plug it into, into my Meraki dashboard and any of the configurations I've set up on Umbrella are pulled through and I apply them. So I've got an SSID that's a guest SSID. Bang, I want to apply that policy there. It also means that I've, maybe I've got that deployed in thousands of locations. I want to adjust that policy. I make that change once in Umbrella and based on the way it's integrated in with Meraki, that automatically happens. And so I do think that that's, that's the today state. Uh, there is a lot of excitement in the industry around SASE. Uh, so the idea of moving towards more of the intelligence and more of the protection being baked into the cloud. 
uh, you know, secure access service edge, you know, what that represents as an opportunity. And that's where a lot of our investments are is, is, is how do we make sure that for the best in breed Cisco solutions that they are very tightly interwoven with the Meraki solutions so that the customer is able to interact with them in a single in that single pane of glass still. So you you mentioned uh, uh, the licensing, advanced security licensing before. And I think that's one of the great things about Meraki because it has this clear licensing. If you would go with a classic Cisco product, you would get a ordering guide and pick and choose whatever you need. And with Meraki, there's like this clear you want this, and this comes with that. Yeah, and I think it's not not the, not everyone needs the full function. So I think, especially let's talk about the security product. I need a basic firewall, right, and some basic routing. Well, we have a license for that. I need something a bit more secure. So we have the advanced security. Uh, then we have the the SD WAN Plus uh, license, which is available for people that want to be able to run that Insight product we mentioned. They want to be able to do a bit more from an SD WAN perspective, a bit more complicated. So. We're able to sort of graduate up, you know, as the needs of the business evolves, we can we can provide more advanced uh, functionality, more advanced capability there through those different tiers of, of uh, licensed products. And I think really Meraki has um, become synonymous with ease of use within Cisco, at least. So uh, you notice a lot of Cisco platforms now are kind of um, moving to what we call a Meraki-ized platform. So whether it be, you know, enabling cloud controllers for, you know, DNA center or changing, you know, license tiers, like uh, we talked, you know, uh, GJ talked about, um, you know, now you've got, you know, the DNA essentials advantage premier instead of, you know, historically a myriad number of uh, individual feature enabling um, things. So for Meraki to be that kind of um, pervasive within the culture of Cisco uh, and, you know, it's something that, that um, Cisco, I think, holds very tenaciously is, is that, that culture and how many, um, you know, what they use with uh, licensing and how they market individual products. I, I think it says something to you guys are breaking the mold a little bit. Yeah, look, I think that, that I, uh, we work very closely with our, our Cisco counterparts. Um, I was, I was a, a call recently where one of the DNA uh, center product managers showed me their client page and he was like, look, Lee, we, we copied the way you guys do the client page because we thought it was great. Exactly. So that, that's just one example. But I mean, obviously, yeah, in terms of architecture, in terms of deployment models, I think too, you know, this is a little bit inside baseball, but if you look at the fact that Todd Nightingale is now, who was the GM of Meraki, is now the EVP across both the enterprise networking business and the Meraki business, it shows you that we're just going to continue to get closer together. We're going to continue to do more things that, that, that to our customer makes the, the you know, less choices, a simpler offering, uh, things that work together and interoperate in a more, a more seamless fashion. I think that's it. I think that's exactly right. Um, you just, I mean, as an outsider, non, never worked for an OEM, never worked for Cisco, but you can just see, you know, the fingerprint of Meraki on a lot of new product releases. Um, and even, I mean, even things as, as, you know, unique and hate to get in the weeds, but things like ICE 3.0 and just the way that you're changing a lot of the, uh, the GUIs, the licensing structures, support structures, et cetera, all seem to kind of have this little bit of a uh, fingerprint of ease of use, ease of scalability, you name it. Yep. Hopefully it means good things for you guys as a partner, you know, an easier, simpler offering, easier to sell, easier to explain to the customer what they're getting at different levels. That's really, you know, we talk about simplicity. And it's really interesting that that permeates everything we do with the products, right? We talk about the zero touch provisioning. We talk about how, you know, a customer operates the product. But I do think that mindset extends to how we sell the product, how we position the product, how we talk about it, how we make it easy for you as a partner who kind of where the rubber meets the road in terms of closing these opportunities for us. You know, we want to make that simple as well. I think the simpler we make that, the, 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 the more we can win together. Yeah, I'm not a smart man, Lee. So making it as simple as possible 
uh, makes my job a lot easier. I appreciate that. I'm sure my customers do, so I don't send the wrong part number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this has been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Thank you for listening in and joining us today. If you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit or softly click that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.